Hello, welcome to the For the Love of Film podcast. I am Scott David Chase, your host. Uh, this week I saw the films American Animals, Hearts Beat Loud, and Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado. It's actually got three titles. So in the United States it's called Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Uh, outside of North America it's called Sicario 2, Soldado, and also just Soldado, depending on which... Uh, depending on which country you saw it in. I saw it in the United States, but uh, they all kind of have clunky titles, uh, no matter which country you see it in. But anyway, so American Animals was the first film released by MoviePass. Um, MoviePass is a subscription-based service that, uh, for a single fee, you can see a movie a day in the theaters, which... I utilize all the time for this podcast. Um, this summer, they got into the movie distribution deal. Uh, they released both American Animals and the film Gotti uh, in June. Uh, I didn't see Gotti. Um, Bob, who Bob Scammon, who does the Burgers with Bob's episode with me, did see it. Uh, uh, I know he said it wasn't very good, but. Uh, it's interesting because I guess the first couple weeks that American Animals was out, I couldn't, or not I, because I didn't try then, but uh, MoviePass users had difficulty actually checking in to see American Animals, uh, but other films at the theater you could check into, leading me to believe that you know MoviePass was trying to get actual money from consumers the first couple weeks to bump up the box office. Um, the, the movie cost a few million, three million to make. So far it's made 2.6 back. And of that, um, it's 25 to 35% of the tickets purchased were through MoviePass users. So, you know, MoviePass literally was buying tickets to their own movie for a lot of it. Um, for this film, at least, that it's neither here nor there. Um, I, as far as the quality of the film, I enjoyed it. It was, it's, it's a based on a true story, and it, it, as the title card makes it clear, it, it, it deletes the word "based" very quickly, and it says, "You know, this is a true story." Um, and it was—I've never seen this in a film before. I've seen it on television shows a lot when they do uh, true crime reenactments, and then they have interviews with the actual people. Well, that's what they did in this film. The uh, the four main—well, I. I guess they're not characters because they're real people, but the four main people in it are portrayed by actors, but they're also the real-life people are uh, talking heads explaining their actions as well, and it, it happens throughout the film. And it, it's not exactly done for comedic effect, but there is, uh, uh, you know, initially when it starts, there are some funny bits in it, and... You know, some of the characters, or some of the, some of the actors are, or the, sorry, some of the people have some funny asides. It's a true crime story. It was, uh, this four young men stole some books from uh, Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky in 2004, and, uh, it's not a thin premise, but there's... You know, the the caper itself, which is sort of the, the big uh, centerpiece of the film, uh, 
would have been a much smaller scene in another crime movie, but because it's a true crime movie, they, they kind of build up to it and uh, uh, it kind of extended out further than it would be in a regular crime movie. So the the four young actors who played the young men who did this all did a great job. Uh, only two of them had I seen before. Uh, Blake Jenner, who is Caitlyn Jenner's son, and then Evan Peters, who uh, has played Quicksilver in the last few X-Men movies. Um, Udo Kier has a really small role in it as well. Um, it, you know... It was very stylistic. It was fun. It was entertaining, but it was kind of a forgettable film. And like I said, in any other um, in any other crime film, it would have been the heist itself would have been maybe ten to fifteen minutes of the movie. Um, I mean, it wasn't that much longer in this, but as far as like the build up to it, uh, it takes up most of the movie. I mean, most of the movie is the preparation for it, so the payoff felt. A little, you know, a little underwhelming when it was actually done, just based on how many crime films I've seen before. Yes, it was a true story, and um, so I guess it was a little more tense uh, because you know that there were actual stakes at stake. But uh, yeah, it, it was enjoyable. Uh, it, you know, it hasn't even made its budget back yet, and I don't know. It, it didn't. It hasn't opened wide in. New Hampshire, and it's been out for about a month. I had to see it up in Maine, so I don't know if Movie Passes necessarily um, quite knows what they're doing as far as distribution for a film yet, or if they intentionally only wanted to open it in small markets or or certain markets, uh, not small markets, because it was in it was in Boston and New York and a lot of major cities, and you know they did a lot of they did a lot of job hyping it, but. It, I mean, most of where I saw it was on the MoviePass app for the last month. I've seen very few ads for it. You know, I saw lobby posters, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have a home video uh, release for it. I don't know if it's going to have streaming, so it remains to be seen how it's going to do. Because it is a movie that you know, released 10 years ago would have probably found an audience, uh, rental in the rental market. But, uh, you know, there are fewer and fewer people going to see movies in the theater, certainly going to see smaller films in the theater. So, um, I applaud movie pass for, for throwing their hat in the ring, uh, kind of putting their money where their mouth is as far as films go. But I don't know, this or Gotti has has made them any money yet, so we'll see. Um, next movie that I saw was a film called Hearts Beat Loud. Um, I saw it at Cinema Salem in Salem, Massachusetts, which is uh, it's a tiny little theater, and it's funny. I, I was just there last night seeing one of the movies that I'm going to review in the next episode, and it's it's about a 15 minute drive from where I work one day a week. But what I love about this theater is they play odd fare that I've never heard of before or, you know, gets very limited release. They, they play a lot of foreign films. and um, But the, the theater that I saw this movie in and actually every, the, every film that I've seen at this theater has been in this tiny screening room that has, 
I think it was like 17 or 18 seats. And, uh, you know, this was uh, no no exception. Um, oh, to go back real quickly, American Animals, I would give it a solid 6 out of 10. Uh, I have a tendency to do that in this podcast, go on to the next movie without giving my, uh, my uh, uh, numeric review of the film that I just talked about. But anyway, back to Hearts Beat Loud. So it, it stars uh, Nick Offerman, uh, who most well-known as Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation, but this is a very different role for him, a much brighter, happier role for him. He plays a single father who runs a record store, which is, you know, a, a plight near and dear to my heart. I owned a record store in Jerome, Arizona for three years and have been a lifelong uh you know, record and CD and music collection enthusiast. But so he's a single dad, and his daughter, uh, played by Kiersey Clemens, is about to leave for medical school. And you know, through the through, it's basically the story of like the end of the summer, their their life together, and the people that inhabit their lives. Uh, this is one of those movies where the you know, it's it's basically a character study because the what happens in in the movie isn't as important as the relationships in the movie. Um, it's besides the fact that they both take place in record stores. It's very similar to the film high fidelity, just in tone and feel as well. Um, it, there's great performances. Uh, Nick Offerman's fantastic in this, um, but great performances from Tony Collette, who's pretty much great in everything. Uh, and you know worlds away from the character that she played in hereditary just a month ago and then uh fantastic performance by ted danson who plays the bartender uh at the bar that uh nick offerman frequents and probably would be considered his best friend and then blythe danner uh it's a pretty small performance but uh she plays nick offerman's mother and she's having some 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 mental health issues uh and it's just kind of about the relationship between the father and the son, uh, or father and the daughter, sorry, uh, and just kind of like, you know, letting go of the reins of being a parent and kind of letting your child do stuff and also realizing that your dreams in life are not necessarily your child's dreams and you have to kind of respect that um, they start a band together or they record a song together and then they, uh, it kind of happens into a band and, you know, some fun stuff happens with that. Some great music in it. Uh, it's a music centered film and I really enjoyed it. Uh, not, not an incredibly, I don't know, deep movie. I mean, it was, it was touching, but uh, it's really the performances that save it because the the film, the cinematography, the camera setup, definitely looked like a first time film filmmakers uh, work. It, it turns out it's not Brett Haley's first film, the director, but uh, it looks like you know Kevin Smith, the you know the director who did Clerks and Mallrats and Chasing Amy and a bunch of others. It looks like he set up the shots. It's very. It's very reminiscent of his mid-90s work, um, kind of static shots. and uh, But, yeah, the performances, particularly from Nick Offerman, Tony Collette, and Ted Danson kind of save it. And, you know, you really come to care about these characters and want to... When the movie was over, I wanted to spend more time with them. It wasn't so much 
what's going to happen to these characters is I just enjoyed being in their company. They felt like, you know, friends and people in the neighborhood that you enjoy spending time with. So just on that alone, I'd say it's a, it, it was a successful film. I, I'd give Hearts Beat Loud a 7 out of 10. Uh, and then the next movie, uh, the last film that I saw was Sicario Day of the Soldado, which... That's a clunky title, um, mixing Spanish and and English. Um, doesn't really, you know, it, if it was called Sicario Dia de Soldado, it would make sense, uh, or just Soldado. But, you know, they've changed the name a bunch of times. It's a movie I was looking forward to because I did like Sicario, the first film. Uh, uh, Emily Blunt is not back in this, uh, but Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro are back, as well as Jeffrey Donovan uh, reprising their roles from the first one. It's a darker, bleaker, I don't know, pretty much a hopeless film. I mean, it's an action film. While it kind of wants to think that it is a realistic film, its politics are completely, not only unrealistic, but it is very, very racially stereotypical uh, particularly of its portrayal of Mexicans Uh, almost every Mexican in this film is depicted as you know a a, either a drug warlord or a mercenary or or a drug runner or you know someone who smuggles illegal immigrants over the border um you know, the, those those tropes have been in action movies as long as I've been seeing action films, but I feel like in this day and age, uh, it's somewhat irresponsible to keep doing them, considering uh, our current political climate. I mean, obviously you can't dictate art, or you shouldn't dictate art, that's censorship, but uh, I, I was... I guess I was somewhat disappointed, or I guess I was more disappointed in Benicio Del Toro and uh, uh, Josh Brolin for not being, you know, for for not being in a better film. Obviously, they're just actors, and they didn't make the final film, so they don't have a say over it. And a script can be very different than what a finished film is like. But, um, I mean, having said that, I was entertained while I was watching it, uh, it's an you know it's an action movie, um, well shot, but uh, I didn't really. I mean, none of the characters are very likable. The only the one that you're supposed to root for, Benicio del Toro's character, um, does some pretty um, irredeemable things in it. Which you know that's what his character does anyways. But um, there's no real consequence for his action. I mean, people who have seen it might argue with me. I don't want to give away the results of, you know, the last third of the film, but um, it, it's certainly set up to do it, to have a sequel if this one does well, which I don't think it's made its budget back yet, but uh, you know, it's uh, it sort of sets itself up, posits itself to be an important film, but it really, it's, it doesn't have a lot to say, even though it thinks that it does. Um, 
I was fairly disappointed with it, even though I was entertained watching it, um, that it wasn't a better film. And I really hope they don't try and turn this into a franchise, even though it is set up for a sequel. Um, I really think they need to let this go. Um, it had nothing new to say from the first film. In fact, it had less to say than the first film. And, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, the, the, the sort of benchmark that I hold these types of films up against is Michael Mann's Heat. And, uh, so far I have not seen a better crime film in the last 25 years. And, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, just... I just, I just wish that this was a better film and a less irresponsible film. But So I would give Sicario, Day of the Soldado, a 5 out of 10. So those are the films I saw this week. I will be back soon because I've already seen two more films this week and I'm hopefully going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp in the next couple days. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.